it, it. I was saying to Corey, it, it's like 2001. Yeah. It's, it looks great. Yeah. The acting is good. It, it has all the pieces, but yeah. it's boring. Yeah. And, nothing uh, happens yeah. in it. Nothing ever happens. And <laughs> Nicole Kidman is totally unlikable for me. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. can't. 100%. Every time she comes, she's so shrewish. It just like it's like somebody's scratching a chalkboard. Yeah, there's not a, a part of her that you like at all, really. Yeah. Right. And when I found out she killed the kids at the end, I yeah. wasn't shocked. Yeah, Even- you're like, of course she did. <laughs> well, of yeah. course she killed them. <laughs> yeah, when we were doing pre mic on Kickstart, and he was t- saying it's like 2001. I go, that's fitting because that's when it came out. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, good lord. Exactly. <laughs> So like, I don't think we were talking about with Christine about how that was like the easiest episode we've recorded, but just because we've, we've seen it without even thinking about it so many times, Right. it was like putting on PJs after a nice bath or something like that. It was, it was just like, yeah, I know this thing is just super comfortable and it's, it's not boring and I love it and everything To I don't think we've ever come to a movie where we're like, where we're closed out of a themed month where I, oh, ho-hum about this. It seemed like a good idea. I mean, here's the thing, dude. People love this movie, but I don't know why. I, we've talked about the others before. When we've always done, like, well, last year when we were going to do a full month of ghost stuff and just m- my inability to do a whole month of recording because I'm a because I'm a nutcase. But it's it's uh, we had all the ghost movies and this was it. This has always been on our ghost movie list always until it wasn't. And then like, come in. We realized we dodged a bullet last December when we didn't cover it. You know, I think it's a pretty, you know, it's one of those prestige movies that people praise and love, not unlike 2001, that is just for people who love movies. I love movies, but I don't love this movie. You know, I remember it so much more fondly than seeing it again. You know, like when you were talking about, I was like, I pre ordered the Criterion disc, you know, like all of that. (laughs) And now watching, I'm like, oh, this movie is so boring. I'd forgotten. Forgot it. it really yeah. is. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I mean, it, it looks fantastic and the acting's not bad. I mean, Fanola Flanagan, oh, the, love her. Yeah, they're all great, but ultimately, I don't care. By the yeah. end of the movie, I just don't care. Like, don't care at all. When, when we see the seance and the blind woman, I'm just like, oh, I've seen this in other movies and I've seen it better. Well, and we've seen it spoofed. We were talking about how during the, we were doing a little, that little bit about the Exorcist 4K coming out and how there's certain things, iconic moments in the Exorcist where you see it spoofed. It doesn't affect the movie, but like when you see things spoofed like this, and of course if it was a horror movie, it got spoofed in a scary movie at some point. Mm-hmm. And when they spoofed that whole... I'm your daughter, mommy. I'm your daughter. That, that yeah. one, they spoofed that yeah. little bit. Oh, God. I thought this, I, I thought they had better taste than to spoof this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. As soon as it be, as soon as, if it was a, if it, well, and also, too, it's a Miramax movie. Yeah. So, so they're always, they probably saw it in advance before they were, did, before uh, this movie well, ever came it's out. It's funny because I'm so unfamiliar with this movie um, that I wouldn't have even known that. So that's what's funny. It's like, yeah. and this movie I find is instantly forgettable because I've already forgotten most of it. <laughs> and, I, and I just saw it like four days ago. Right? I mean, this is like, this is a movie that you watch and then immediately you turn it off and you're like, God, that was boring. And then you forget it. Yeah. On Friday, when I watched it, I'm like, shit, should I watch it tomorrow instead? <laughs> oh, dude, I thought about it. I was like, well, you know, I gave the disc to Corey, so I don't have to watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have. You can't watch it again. I can't watch it again. Because it's not on streaming. <sighs> it's nowhere. 
And I thought maybe it was the sound issue. I would, right. but every if it's across the board and it's all three of us. I mean, it really just is a movie that probably is just better to remember it from 2001 and never see it again. <laughs> Thousand percent. I'm I'm a little bit like, oh, I wish I kept that like nice recollection in my mind because it's gone now. Yeah, no, I know. I, 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 uh, yeah, I got nothing for this. We've only done, well, there's only been one other time where we watched something where we just went. That is literally the other one. Because like we we comprom- uh, compromise our will. Like, oh, you know, it's been 20 years and we start kind of rationalizing why it's that doesn't feel the same just because of time and we're older and everything like that. But this is just, I was an adult when it came out. So mm-hmm. why does it bother me? What was it about it that's, that doesn't click with me? And I'm like, I guess we talked about that when we did April Fool. It's like this is that this is such a one and done. It's not even funny. This is a total one and done. And I gotta say, I, maybe I didn't even love this movie then. I mean, honest to God, that's probably why I never watched it again. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I, again, like I said, an hour after I saw it, I don't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> it's the usual suspects of horror movies. Yeah. It could be. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know if it's that bad, but. Um, <laughs> Close. It is close. <laughs> There's there is a lot to love. I mean, I do love the visuals and absolutely. Um, you the know. atmosphere is cool. I mean, the house is amazing looking. The yeah. costumes are fantastic. Yeah, they nail all that stuff. But yeah, yeah. Technically, it ticks all the boxes. It's it's everything you'd want in a prestige, mm-hmm. Oscar award type winning movie. But does that mean it's entertaining? Fuck no. Yeah. Not for no. me. Just no. saying, you know, just because something is award worthy and, you know, and you have the right people in the crowd. Well, let me start recording because this is all gold we're spending yeah. here, dude. I feel no, like fucking no, rebel still yeah, we've, been, we've been rolling for eight minutes. Oh, thank God. Because <laughs> I'm never going to remember any of this shit again. It's like, you know, it's just like the others. I'll forget everything I'm saying about the others uh, as soon as I'm done. Yeah. But it's prestige movie, but like, does that mean it's good or entertaining or should that you should watch it again? I mean, for me, no. I mean, I'm sure there's people out there who love it, who are a lot smarter than me and will tell me why it's awesome, but that's okay. I, you know, I'll tell them why they should watch Scary Movie too. Yeah. Or The Changeling. Right. <laughs> which The Changeling does that, that writing scene so much better than this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, shit. When it happens and I'm like, oh, shit, we're doing this, huh? I don't remember this at all. It really kind of felt silly in this, too, because the woman's blind and she it, she looked like it looked like a spoof. <laughs> it It's pushed so far with that, with her glazed over eyes. I mean, that's what I, I remember yeah. most from this movie. You know, I haven't seen it in over a decade. I remember her vision more than anything else. Right. Yes, me too. And I was like, when she showed up, I was like, oh yeah, right. This is, yeah, they're all dead. Cause I couldn't, I was like, I was trying to remember what is the twist in this movie? I know that there's, I know somebody's dead. I think it's the kids or it's all of them, or, but how did this serve? I couldn't remember any of that, the details. I always, well, I, I only thing I, I didn't remember was that she killed them. That's the part that I forgot. 
I knew they were dead, but I forgot that she, but they, that she was the one that killed them. And let me ask you this. Did I fall asleep and miss Chris Eccleston in this movie? He was the the <laughs> husband, the yes, father. But <laughs> was he only in like two flashback scenes? Is that it? Well, no, it's not it's no flashback. flashback. She, it's not, what is that? Is that like? He sh- his ghost shows up. Yeah. So it's a ghost. Okay. Yeah. 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 And he realizes that he, he's in purgatory at the house and he, and he realizes he shouldn't be there. That's why he leaves. Yeah. yeah. Right. Because they're all in purgatory there. Exactly. Right. All right. Well, mystery <laughs> solved. Is it super weird that the help like is buried in the backyard? No, I think that that's the, my favorite part about the whole thing. Yeah. No, but, uh, but, is, but I'm saying, is that normal? Well, they died there in the house of tuberculosis, so it sort of makes sense. Just get rid of the bodies and bury them in the back. Well, there's a lot of that. I mean, honestly, uh, here's the thing. I watch a lot of weird, like, um, true ghost ghost sort of stuff, and a lot of times that is true. There's a—do you know the the Eloise, the hospital clinic in Michigan? Uh, it was, it's like a haunted hospital. It, at one point it was like the size of a city, but. Well, that's still, that's tuberculosis. Yeah, there's 7,000 right? people buried on the premises there. Yeah. That so makes that's sense. the one where they, where they had their shoot in the back, right? Where they just toss them the bodies down yeah. that shoot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 There are 7,000 graves that are overgrown. People didn't even know that they, they just recently, recently rediscovered that there were graves there and there's, you know, so. For them to bury three people on the property, uh, you know, especially during the times of tuberculosis and all that kind of, you know, when when we when the when things weren't quite as I don't know, I mean, you know, I think they just got rid of a body, right? Well, what do we do with it? Just bury it. We're full, right? <laughs> We're full. Don't even bring it in. You know, there's an epidemic of tuberculosis going on. If they just, we trust you. Just bury them in the backyard. Maybe she killed them too. I don't know. When we make comparisons, like another movie does a better job of this. I feel like The Haunting of Blind Manor does a, does what this movie, and I've watched that three times through. Me too. I feel like I feel like that does everything that we're complimenting here, but they do it and it's still entertaining. It's still engaging. Right. I, I don't find that to be the case with this. No. This movie hasn't aged well either. No. I mean, no. no. Uh, when the know. twist happens, you sort of shrug and be like, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. I mean, it's sort of in plain sight the entire time, and they use other ways to distract you. But, like, starting from the taglines, which are literally, like, sooner or later she'll see them, then everything will be different. And, you know, starting right. from the beginning of the movie with the bedtime story, they're they're really not trying to hide it. But you don't just don't think about it because it feels a little too obvious. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's weird, too. I feel like uh, I feel like I always say, you know, like I used to think The Sixth Sense was a gimmick movie. But after reviewing it and rewatching it recently, I don't think it's such a but this is a total gimmick movie. And and they let you know it's a gimmick movie before. I mean, I don't know. I felt like going into this movie even 20 years ago when I saw it, I knew they were dead. I mean, even the trailer kind of alludes to exactly. it is where the sixth sense did a really good job of, you know, you don't know what's going on and, and right. people were kind enough to not ruin things. Cause we didn't have the internet and Twitter so that you could walk out of, you could right. ruin a movie while you're sitting in it. <laughs> but this movie, I feel like maybe it was trying to cash in on that thing. And they're like, Oh, Hey, you know, it'll bring in more people is if we tell them it's like the sixth sense instead of just letting, you know, just both of those, this and sixth sense. And we mentioned sixth sense. This is not a summer movie. So it's weird that they dropped it in August when they did. Right. Well, the reason this is an August movie is because they were dropping 12 Nicole Kidman movies every year. Um, you know, <laughs> well, shit. I mean, Moulin Rouge was just a month before this. So right. Exactly. They had to give like, you couldn't get enough of her. Well, she was weird because I like her in most things, but not in this movie, man. Yeah. 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 
Like, there's no redeeming qualities to her character, so no matter what she sort of does, it's it's hard to right. like any any part of her. Yeah, it's weird. And the kids aren't that likable either. I feel like they scream too much. They are so unlikable. I don't like anything right? about these I, children. Me neither. I'm just like, oh. I, I kind of like, well, that's why she killed them. Yeah, they, they, they wouldn't are, shut up. They're annoying as hell. Oh, my God. She was locked in that house with them. When you, yeah, when you get to that point, you're really like, going, well, of course she murdered him. Like, I mean, I just still don't uh, understand. I mean, I, I mean, I mean, I guess I'm, I don't, I don't, did I miss this? Uh, maybe. How did they, how did, uh, so he died in the war and then she was depressed mm-hmm. and killed her kids and killed herself? Yeah. I think is so. That what, yes. is that, okay. So that's, that's all there is to it. So I didn't yes, miss some, it. there's nothing. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Good. <laughs> Because yeah. I was like, I, I maybe I've missed something. I, and I'm like, but I'm certainly not going to go back and try to figure it out. No. <laughs> I think that was it. I think it was just he died. She was alone with the children and went a little crazy. Now, where were they? I mean, where was the house supposed it's to be? It's the island of Jersey. Okay. Yeah. I believe. Off the coast of... Uh, Wherever. Yeah. Uh, you know, because I, uh, England. England. I was like, <laughs> I, is it off of the coast of Scotland or England or it's somewhere? Because it's at somewhere first I was there. like, I thought, I thought it was supposed to be New Jersey. And I'm like, no, why people don't talk like it's New Jersey? <laughs> the island of New Jersey. <laughs> it's in the Channel Islands. In the Channel oh, Islands. Yes. Yeah. But see, to me, the Channel Islands are here off of, uh, I know. Off as of Oxnard. It, as soon as it comes up and I'm like going, man, I've been surfing out the Channel Islands plenty of times. What the right. fuck's this? That's what I was like. I've never seen a house like this out there in the Channel Islands in Anacapa. I've seen a bunch of seals and some sharks. And there's something else about the movie, too, that I always thought it was World War One. I always thought it was further back than I didn't think it was World War Two. So when because of, I remember the house being a certain look, I thought who's who's still living in houses like that in World War Two? But of course they were because yeah, right. And also the servants' costumes are purposely very nineteen forties. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they're they're from very before. Like they seem right. like they, the thirties, right? Like or the twenties or like they died you know. in what the ni- early nineteen hundreds. So is that because yeah. so, she uh, the caretaker, the guy? He, he looks like he's straight out of like a Sherlock Holmes book. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Their <laughs> the costumes are from when they actually died. So you, everything is sort of plain, so you don't really notice it. But their costumes are definitely decades before Nicole right. Kidman's and the and the children's. Right. That's why I was. I always thought it was related to being World War One as opposed to World War Two. Yeah, yeah. So, it, it, so yeah, the, the Channel Islands are in the English Channel, off the coast of Normandy. So that's all right. There we go. Oh, it all makes sense now. <laughs> the service died in 1891. I'm looking now, and oh, okay. so yeah, their costumes from the turn of the century, um, very much around when you know Moulin Rouge is set in 1899. So their costumes are much more aligned with that time period. So uh-huh. now let me. So who exact? So thematically like in the story, are the uh, servants? Are the servants just there to tell her, "Hey, look, you're dead. You got to move on." They, well, they live at the. They they're stuck at the house as well right. in this like, like limbo this purgatory. Place. Yeah, I think they were going to tell her. You know, that's why they showed up at the door, and then they realized that she doesn't know that she's dead. She had no idea she was dead. Right? Yeah. They were gonna. They were gonna help her move along. Right, and they just she just talks right over them. Right, because she's that person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the first moment, the first interaction that they have, again, it's a hindsight thing that you notice. You can see in Bertha's face, like, oh, she doesn't know. 
Yeah. Like it's like it's the their very first interaction where you're like, oh, she doesn't has no clue that she's dead. Mm-hmm. And then the whole movie, all it is isn't her isn't breaking it to her that she's dead. It's like letting her know, I'm like, hey, you know, we're being invaded, right. and we can all live as one. And you think that she's talking to her about the her and the kids and the help, and it's they're really right. talking about the the humans that are coming and messing with the shit. Right, and the ghosts, yeah. The things, the, the the thing that they do that I did kind of think was done well, because um, I don't want to be all like, you know, outside of the craft part of the movie. I mm-hmm. did think that the noise is upstairs. Like, I thought that that was set up pretty well, especially when she said, you know, she's like, where's your daughter? And she's like, she's outside, mom. And then she goes outside and I'm like, okay, well, you know, I remember that sort of being, I thought was done well. But everything else, man, is just so like, I just feel like, it, I don't know, it's pacing or if it's the style of the movie or <laughs> well, nothing I don't know happens. what it is. I mean, I, there was not a moment I was scared or felt any suspense whatsoever. I mean, no. nothing, nothing, it didn't give me any emotions whatsoever. Except right. for, oh, that's pretty. Oh, I like the cinematography. Oh, I like this atmosphere. Right. But that was all I was taking in from this watch. You know what this this conversation reminds me of, Freddie? It reminds me of our first silver bullet where we just we were talking for so so long before we went, hey, maybe we should do our intro. Oh yeah, I was just thinking about the same thing. I was like, did we do <laughs> did you guys do an intro before? Yeah. Well, we'll just do one and then you can just flip it. Yeah, I don't it know. It's just gonna I'm i I'm not gonna, the intro's gonna be where it's at. Like that's fine. <laughs> Let's introduce this movie. Hey, so welcome to Crying in the Garage, and you've been listening to us for talk for fifteen minutes about the movie, or you know, where we're talking about, and it's the others from two thousand one, and it's not just Freddie with me. We have somebody else with us, and I guess at this point, you know, <laughs> you should just assume who it is, right? Like you guys probably, you must already know. Hi, Whitney. How are Hi. you? Hi. Oh, so good to be here again. The best. We've been talking about covering this for a bit. We saved it for the last part of the month. It wasn't originally going to be the last episode of the month. We usually end episodes on a bang. Well, well, it's kind of a bang. It just depends <laughs> on what you were hoping for. <laughs> there was an explosion, but it wasn't the kind that you want. Yeah. Alas. We've been listening to us for 15 minutes, so we're trying not to regurgitate what we've already been saying. And we, you know what this movie is? It's it's during a time in 2001 where, or the early 2000s, I should say, where Nicole Kidman was, I don't, I hate to say it like this because I don't, I don't mean in this way. No, what's yeah. true? Hey, hey, it's, hey, it's a new month. What, what movie is Nicole Kidman at? Hey, Cold Mountain's month? coming out. Hey, <laughs> Moulin Rouge. Hey, the hours. Like, yeah, man, they're just laying them on like one a month for like three yeah. years. Yeah. It was a very intense Nicole Kidman time. I it mean, was. and like, speaking as Moulin Rouge is my favorite movie, as you all know, but this is not Moulin Rouge. It's not Moulin Rouge. <laughs> no. I also remember, like we were talking earlier, I remember this movie so fondly, and I haven't seen it in like 15 years, and then rewatching it, I couldn't believe how bored I was watching it. Yeah. I had such a different memory of it. You know, it was definitely better remembered. <laughs> right. We're both talking about, and again, you already heard it, where, oh, well, actually, I'll, let me rewind a little bit further than that. We were talking in a chain and you guys had already watched the DVD because unfortunately the others is totally, unless you yep. buy a used copy on eBay, you're not getting it anywhere. Yeah. There is a criterion coming out, which I immediately canceled after I watched this because I was like, oh man, I don't, I, 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 oh, I at least can own it because it'll be nice cleaned up and it'll look pretty and I could just play music underneath it. I thought that's not worth 20 bucks to me. So I just no. canceled it. 
I should do that too because I have a pre-order as well. <laughs> I hadn't gotten to the pre-ordering stage yet because I'm on moratorium. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I have pre-ordered it through BNN because uh, that's BNN's Criterion sales are always great because you can you still get the half off for preset pre-orders. So that's the only reason why I done it. I'm like because I didn't have it. Ironically, I think <laughs> I think it's at the at the the library here in Santa Clarita. I think that's where I donated it, and that's where I, I almost went to go check it out, but it wasn't available until the 27th. So I had to cancel uh, the, mm. or or the attempt to get that. But the thing about the movie is. Not only is it a difficult watch this many years later, it's the DVD we all watched mm -hmm. is it suffers from being early DVD mm -hmm. and the sound is terrible. Oh man, it was, it was rough. It made a rough watch rougher, I yeah. think. Keep having to adjust the volume. I had to turn it up and down. And every time the kids would scream, I had to turn it right back down. Yeah, exactly. So it was not yeah. a fun watch in that regard. I was I was fortunate because you guys I see when you guys were experiencing I'm like well then I will I'll make sure that I watch it with the five one so I can separate the audio and it was it was better I, but I I could you can tell and like anytime I watch an older DVD I'm like oh yeah this thing suffers from that weird thing where nobody knew how to mix for a DVD properly and it sounds terrible when you try to watch it through stereo yeah. It, Again, we talk about it. It's a pretty movie, even uh, even in DVD is kind of which has dulled colors and everything like that. But that's just the that's just I think the, that's just the movie. I think it's just the movie. Yeah, yeah. There's a mood setting that they're going for there, and it very tight color palette, which I think yeah. works in a lot of the design, and I think it really makes the cinematography much more powerful. Like it yes. looks beautiful. Every frame is very very great to look at, but that's sort of all it has going for it. Yeah. There's this shot where she's sitting in the reading room and she's sitting in that beautiful chair with the mm. roses, you mm -hmm. know, and, and they're so popping behind her, which is cool because it, it, it's really kind of the only sign of life in the entire frame, right? Because everything else is sort of grayish blue and brown and it's hate. And then there's that vibrant, that vibrant behind her head. You know, but again, when you're watching this kind of movie, you shouldn't be noticing the furniture as much as you are, or as much as I was. No. <laughs> I was looking at, I was looking at furniture and architecture and... And the lights and, uh, you know, something yeah. that he, uh, the director said during the behind the scenes was that light kills and they're playing light with light as if it were like a menace, uh, which totally comes across. But if that's the only menace in right. the movie. <laughs> right. Exactly. I mean, you know... Uh, Okay, we get it. The photosynthesis. I mean, they, they, how many times do they tell you the kids are allergic to light or whatever right. the fuck they're trying? I mean, this is like, good Lord. Like, I know you told me. Right. Yeah. We got it. It's weird because I'm really a big fan of Open Your Eyes, which now I'm terrified to go back and watch. Right. <laughs> because maybe I won't be. I don't know. I mean, again, it is his style as a director. Mm -hmm. and, and, and again, I think I liked the movie 20 years ago, but I don't know, because I, like I said many times, and I'll probably try not to say it one more time after this, I forget this movie the moment I'm done watching it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Completely. It's forgettable. And, and it's so forgettable that you forget, like, oh, yeah, this movie's forgettable. <laughs> yeah, no, what's weird is uh, in my mind, I think I, it, it, for some reason, when we first started talking about it, I thought this was produced by... Del Toro, uh, Guillermo del Toro. And I oh, think it was confusing it with the orphanage. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's what I was confusing it with. It was the yeah. orphanage. And that, before you um, got on mic, we were talking about Crimson Peak. 
briefly and not not in any kind of detail, but. Oh God! I, I wish we would have watched that instead. Right? Yeah. One, yeah. Of, one of my favorite gothic <laughs> horror movies. I love that film so so much. Yeah, it does this on a whole nother level. The the difference between this and Crimson Peak is Crimson Peak's fun yes, and campy so and over fun. the top, and Jessica Chastain is like <laughs> insane, out of control. It. Yeah, and it might be the only movie that it might be the only thing I've ever seen. Uh, Loki. What's the actor's name? Tom Hiddleston. That I like him in because I usually I can't stand him. He's boring. He's as boring as the others to me. Usually, like he just kind of disappears into whatever's happening. Mm-hmm. No, he's great. I, I really like him in Crimson Peak, and it's yeah. weird because I was like, uh, he doesn't even read to me as like the same person. I mean, nothing. Usually, I just forget he's in movies, but I but I love him in Crimson Peak, um, which does what. The others, you know, I mean, but it's, I mean, it just does it much better and it's more way more fun and it's, you know, it's kind of all over the place and there's moments where you do, it do, they do shock you and you get. There's definitely real scares. Right. And there's moments that are so ridiculous. You just laugh. You have to laugh at the stuff. This, I mean, I, I didn't laugh. There wasn't, I had no, no emotional response to it. Zero emotional <laughs> response. Yeah. I felt nothing. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> very rare that a movie can do that to me. I know. Me too. I mean, I usually find there's usually something I can like good or bad. Yeah. Right. Like we watched, we did a whole month of, of uh, Tubi movies, right? right? Snake Eater 3, things like that. <laughs> I, I literally talked about Snake Eater 3 last night to somebody when I was talking to him about how this movie didn't work for me at all. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm just saying like, there's always, but this movie, I mean, uh, yeah, it looks nice. And that's, that's, that's the best thing I can say about it is, is it looks great. But I mean, I will never watch this movie again. Like no. never. No. I don't need to. No, definitely not. I can look at a couple of pictures and. Right. Like, oh yeah. I'll go pretty. to, I'll go to shot deck if I need shots of it. Right. <laughs> I'll pull some frames. I'm hoping it actually hits the Criterion channel at some point so I can look and look real quick and go, oh, yeah, that looks a lot better, and then move on. I won't watch it. I would, I'll just look at long enough to see how the the new encode looks, and then I'll move on. I don't, yeah, I don't. We When we've covered movies that, well, this is only one, like, the third time maybe that this, that where we're both kind of, well, not both, but the three of us, we're all surprised in this. In the very few times that we've been on, the, we've done our show where Freddie and I were surprised that we we're like, man, that really doesn't hold up at all. And uh, it's like we then we started looking for things to talk about, but we did. We talked about the craft side of things, and and but I think when you start looking, the, the thing it suffers from is that it's just a bland story. Even when you get, to, even if you've seen it for the first time, you get to the reveal, I'm like, oh, it's one of those movies. Even though you know it's one of those movies, they kind of push it as one of those movies. And the reason why they could do that, they could say, get put you in that mental state of like to expect a twist. So when the twist is the help is our ghost, you think that's what it is. And you don't realize that they're, they're playing on that. That's why they were so fairly putting it out there that there, it has this ghost element to it. So when you get to it, you're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. But then the twist twist is that she's also dead with the kids and the extra twist twist is that she murdered them. What did you say, Freddie? It was, uh, we were talking about this has more in common with Sixth Sense than than. Oh, yeah, Stir this has more in common with Sixth Sense than it is of Stir of Echoes. I mean, yeah. uh, than Stir of Echoes has with Sixth Sense is what I was saying. Right. Uh, because... 
Like sort of echoes has, you know, sure. There's a kid who sees dead people, but it's more than that. But this movie, I feel like really, you know, it's the, the, like to me, the gimmick is the whole thing in this movie. Otherwise I would turn it off. Right. Right. You're just trying to get to the answer, but the journey is not enjoyable. You you love the journey of the film and this, you're just like, okay, get to the point because nothing else is happening. Correct. Like the sixth sense, you're engaged in the investigation part of it and you're, you're with Bruce Willis. And I think here's what I think the big difference between this movie and the sixth sense is Bruce Willis's character is sympathetic, yeah. right? Yes. And you can relate to him and, and, and you, you think that he is helping the kid and, and, and in reality is the kid is helping him and, and you're sympathetic in either case because Willis is, is likable. Right. That's why the reveal means so much. Right. And here she's not likable and the reveal means nothing at the end. Right. Because she's not likable and you don't really care at that point. And you don't like the kids. You don't like anybody. So there's no emotional engagement there. Right. There's no emotional attachment. You're not not engaged with any of them. You're just like, oh, good. It's over. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Rest in peace. (laughs) <laughs> we talked about during, during Sixth Sense, and once you have, the reason why that's got repeat value is because the story really is about Cole and his mom. It's not about him seeing ghosts. The Sixth Sense can, is actually two meanings. Mm-hmm. It's Cole's ability to see dead people, but it's also Sixth Sense is her mother's intuition that she's her, her child is suffering and she doesn't know what's wrong with him. And so there's that part of it. This is just like, you can't sympathize with, you sympathize with, with, with Tony Collette. You don't have to be a mother or a parent to connect with her in that way. Mm-hmm. This is like, we're just saying, Nicole Kidman's character is just, she, she's, she's so just awful. not a nice, she's not a nice person. I mean, she's chastising a mute girl. I'm like, what the, what, so technically speaking, should we be surprised at all that she murdered her kids? Well, I feel like, you know, now that we're talking about maybe, maybe, maybe the reason she's so horrible is because she, she did murder the kids and she is trying to keep it a secret. I don't know. It's weird. Like, or, or she, I think it was sort of a death reset, sort of like a la the devil's advocate, which I know you just watched, um, yeah. you know, that sort of, but death not as reset. much fun, <laughs> not as, not nearly as much fun. And I do think that, for maybe their process was that, oh, look at what she's been up against with the war and taking care of her children by herself. And, you know, she's the underdog, but I don't see that at all. She's just so horrible and demanding and feels like the quote unquote boss of the situation and the one in charge. So she never feels like an underdog the entire time. Right. There's, there's no, you're, you're not rooting for her. You, you know, I I was more interested in the servants, uh, you know, than Mm -hmm. I was in anybody else in the movie, you know, what, what was their story? And, you know, I I kept waiting for, (laughs) I kept waiting for, uh, you know, I kept waiting for something. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what it was. I kept wishing and like, I kept like thinking, God, something, how does this work? They, they're here for something, you know, but ultimately at the end of the movie, I didn't care. It was, I was very unsatisfied at the end of the movie. I feel like the thing they tried to do where they were trying to throw it back to, to like a forties or early fifties ghost story. But the, the difference is those movies, um, while slow, I feel like 
at the end of them, you know, you, I don't know, you're disengaged with it. My biggest problem is I couldn't engage with no. the actors and, or the, with the story or the, you know, whatever it was, I didn't care. Right. That's, that's mm-hmm. it. Bottom yeah. line. Well, those other movies too, they're slow in that. I feel like this is slow to, for the sake of being slow, not for the slow, not being slow to tell the story. I, I, you see it's an hour and 44 minutes. I'm like, is it too long? Oh, it dude, it seems so, so much. Yeah. <laughs> feels like two and a half hours. Yes. <laughs> and then, I'm not kidding you, at least three times when I was watching the movie, I brought up the display on my on my PlayStation. I'm like, I got an hour left? <laughs> and then, like, I got 45 minutes left? Boy, I just checked that 15 minutes ago. It feels, it feels like it's been 30 minutes since I looked. I don't ever do that when I look. Well, I take that back. The only time I ever usually look at a movie, and I did that during the Tubi month, I'm like, oh man, I got an hour more of this? Sweet, because this is terrible and I'm loving it. This isn't that. I don't know. I feel, don't you feel like movies like this were, this is the range? You These things were, you know, a buck 40, buck 50. If, if it, these kind of movies were, came out like we did with uh, What Lies Beneath. Oh, I did, did actually check the time mm-hmm. more than once on that one. But this is just like, I don't know, man. This just doesn't, it's flat. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it just... Other, like I said, again, looking at the, they're, they're showing me a lot of furniture and they're showing me a lot. Of, they go into a room with a bunch of furniture covered with sheets. I mean, that's like the high point of the movie, like for the scares. Right. And again, yeah, the design is great. Like when the girl is wearing her communion outfit with a veil, she's basically in a white sheet. Like I love that costume choice because right. she's a ghost in a white sheet. But, you know, beyond those fun little design moments, Okay. <laughs> right. It feels like this feels like something from Masterpiece Theater from the like, mm-hmm. 1980s, like mm-hmm. on British television, but not as good. Right. <laughs> this feels more gothic than it for the time frame that the movie's supposed to be taking place. I'm like, what, what the hell's gothic in World War II? Nothing. But that's, again, we're talking about the, 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 the turn of the century costumes that, that or, mm-hmm. or the clothing that, that, that the help was wearing. I think it's probably why there's a Crimson Peak comparison because of that. But it's but you're mm-hmm. doing it based on three characters in the movie, but the and maybe the location. But it doesn't feel I don't know. Mm-mm. You know, I I always make jokes about saying, "Oh, it's it's purely vanilla." I'm like going, "Yeah, but at least vanilla ice cream is usually pretty edible." This is that this is that shitty elementary school ice cream they give you with a wooden stick. Yes. It's, and it's not even the, the good carnation moths that you get at the baseball park. Like you go to Dodger Stadium. Right. It's super light. Like it's, it's whipped too much. It's bland. You can taste artificial vanilla flavoring. You feel the build. You feel, you, you feel that this, this movie tries to manipulate you and it's obvious. And that's, and that's part of a little bit of my frustration too. watching is like going, do you think I'm that dumb? And I, right. I don't, you know, it's, you know how we save this episode right now? Talking about something else. We have Whitney plug her movie that's coming out. Oh, yes. <laughs> that's, how we, that's how we wrap this episode up. All right. There you go. <laughs> go for it. Uh, so I have, I designed a movie called Story Ave. Um, it's set in the Bronx in 2011 about um, some graffiti gangs. And, and it's coming out uh, starting September 29th uh, in New York. And then it opens in L.A. and a few other places starting in mid-October. So uh, it's being released by Kino Larber. So go to their website and you can find out where it's playing. There you go. I love the trailer and I love that poster. 
Yeah. I, I'm so happy with the poster and the, the main character's art in the movie is, is done by the same woman who did the poster. Yeah. I'm excited to see because like the, you know, some of the people in the audience are, are movie poster collectors like I am as far as alternate movie posters. And uh, when I saw that, it felt like a couple of artists that we've had on the, on the private commission side. And it's, and it's really just, there's some art that I see on movies or for movies. Like I know from that, I don't like well, for movies. I don't like, but then they make me go, man, I want to watch that movie again, even though, but that that's the perfect poster. Cause I'm like, I want to see that movie. I have not, but I haven't watched the trailer. I've intentionally don't watch the trailer. I'm like, I want to go into it oh, as yay. fresh as possible. I'm super proud of it. I saw it at the Newark black film festival, um, a few months ago. And so I'm happy that I've, I've seen the film and I'm really proud of it. I think it turned out really beautiful and it was a tough one to make. It was summer in the Bronx last year and it was hot and it was, you know, super low budget. So, you know, I'm working out of a cube truck and lugging it's the most sort of physical I've been on a movie in a long time so uh, it was definitely a labor of love by all involved so I'm really happy it turned out so beautifully went to South by Southwest um, it got a special jury cinematography award so I think it's really worth the time to go see it yeah, I mean it looks fantastic, and and I love little uh, I I love little personal stories, especially New York stories. I don't know mm-hmm. what it is mm-hmm. about this sort of little subgenre of film, but I've always been a big fan of these little sort of intimate New York stories, and this looks great. And it's got Louis Guzman in it, who I love. Uh. I've I've don't he's a he's an actor. I don't think I've ever said. Wow, I didn't. I always, I've always wanted more Guzman in movies, right? He's, he's like an actor. Incredible. You, you he, can never get enough of him. You can never get enough of Louis. And Louis is one of the nicest, kindest, most amazing people I've ever worked with. And I, you know, you know, Out of Sight is one of my favorite movies of all time. And so getting to meet Louis and work with Louis, uh, and he's one of my favorite parts of Out of Sight. So yeah, he's the best, and he's so amazing in this movie. It's well, well worth checking out because he is, you know. He's one of our main stars and he's incredible. Yeah, he's he and you're absolutely right. He he's a, such a fantastic person. Um, I've worked with him on Yes Man and he was lovely. And uh, again, he should have been in more of that movie too. Yeah. Uh, I just think that, you know, he's one of those guys he, you, you can never have, there's never enough. I just watched Out of Sight and I just yes. watched The Limey <laughs> oh, and he's good. in both of them. <laughs> and uh, yes, and you want more of him uh, when he's not, you miss him when he's not in there. Um, but yeah, no, this looks fantastic, and I'm super Yay. excited to see it. I'm going to see it. In, I'm going to definitely see it in a theater yeah. um, before it streams. Definitely worth it. Yeah, it's one of those films you want to see in the theater. And if you listen to Kickstart earlier in the week, you already heard us yammering about Luis Guzman because like Carlito's Way Box was coming out. We're like, <laughs> right? So we were already talking about him. So oh, nice. he's always yeah. on the tip of our tongue. <laughs> yeah, man. He's a, look I, again. Right? We just yeah, that was that was just yesterday, wasn't it? Good. Yeah, Lord. it was just yesterday, man. Shit. All right. <laughs> yeah. You guys need to go back to work. <laughs> Holy shit. Someone give us a job when there's jobs available. Yeah, man. Please, someone end this, end this madness. End our misery. So if you want to follow the show on the Twitters, even after this discombobulated episode, because <laughs> I'm that's what it is. It's at KaratePod on Twitter slash X, Letterbox, and Instagram. You follow Corey on Instagram at Culbert97 and on Letterbox at Corey underscore Culp. If you'd like to follow me, you can follow me at Rock and Roll 33 on your Instagram, or you can follow me at the others on letterbox.com. Do you follow me at the others? You won't find me, but uh, you can follow me there. 
Um, if you want to follow me, I'm on Instagram, a WAA costume design. I'm on Twitter, W or Whitney A. Adams. And then I'm on Letterboxd at Wadams. That's three, three A's. Wadams. Three A's. Wadams. Wadams.